that stuff was mastered on that digital. There, was, right. there is no analog right. master to take, so you could never even come up with an analog original of it unless you converted the digital to analog and then put it on vinyl. Right. I mean, you it would only work if like everything you listen to is like 50 years old. <laughs> Last week I caught this thing going around the internet now that um, something about a class action lawsuit against MoFi because something that they were using as a source was being put to vinyl, which is what they're doing. They're remastering vinyl, old vinyl to new, mm -hmm. you know, and something to the fact that, uh, you know, they were using digital files or something to uh, the, the, digital, the original file they're putting the album was digital. And I'm thinking, so? You know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking, well, you're putting it to vinyl, right? It's like, that's a whole different beast right there, right? It's a whole different animal. Once you go to vinyl, you're changing the format to, I mean, something that requires a record player to play, which mm. is a highly tunable device. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, record players themselves are just like all over the place in terms of what, how they play an album, any one album, right? Mm -hmm. You can take one album and put it on a hundred of record players and they're all going to sound different. <laughs> so the question is... Why does it matter so much? I'm thinking about this. Why does it matter so much what the original format was when you're putting it to vinyl anyway? You know? I don't it's know. a tricky one. Yeah. And I could kind of see both sides on this. But I guess from the consumer perspective, you're buying the record and you're playing back on a little thing that's mechanically moving up and down from the bumps on this record. Totally different conceptually from how digital works. So... It does raise the well, question, does it matter? And even tape, too. I mean, tape's got no well, bumps. Any, any format change. Yeah, right, any sure. format. Yeah, yeah you're when right. You change the format. It's going to a mechanical That's substantially. Playback. It's not like yeah. it's a minor difference. It's not like a digital format difference, DSD to PCM or something like that. This is a dramatic difference yeah. in how it's played back. So it is a actually, I guess, a reasonable enough question to the consumer. Does it matter? Should it matter yeah. what the differences are? Well, I mean, the more important thing is is how well was it the digital file mastered and sounds to begin with, right? Right. That's the more important part, right? Yeah. Well, I can I know like in the '80s too, when they started doing, when the CD came out, they started recording the 44.1 or not. I think they were running. I think the pros were running 88, probably double that, 882. Sure. I don't know. Or 96k, maybe 96k was the norm. I don't remember, but early digital kind of sounded like shit. But the point <laughs> was is that that stuff. That stuff was mastered on that digital. There, was, right. there is no analog right. master to take, so you could never even come up with an analog original of it unless you converted the digital to analog and then put it on vinyl. Right. I mean, you it would only work if like everything you listen to is like fifty years old, you know, and yeah. it's virginally recorded. Analog. Yeah, like stuff from the sixties and seventies yeah. with a properly stored master tape, um, right. you know. But yeah, and uh, people have done that. I mean, you see that a lot of stuff. You know, yep. where they get the original master tapes, which is kind of sought after when you're doing this kind of right. remastering stuff but i think most of the remasters out there most are more on cd yeah you know that's vinyl didn't get really popular to recently again again yeah you know <laughs> but you think about it most of the remasters that we've seen in our life in your lifetime at least have been on cd yes and um some you know, digital too yeah yeah well and they tend to sound worse than the originals obviously for all kinds of reasons well, that unbeknownst to us because we didn't do the remastering. That's the thing. You start looking at albums and just not even like coming from digital, just albums 
um, that have came came out over the years, and they all sound different. Oh, like oh, you know, everybody's looking for this 1977 pressing, right? Yeah. Even though they were all analog, right? Yeah, like Pink Floyd comes to mind. Right. How many how many remasters of Pink Floyd right. have been put out there, right? And it's pretty obvious. I mean, it's to sell more records. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? You do another remaster, and Pink Floyd fans have to buy it. You got to have it, right? You can't not have it. <laughs> yeah, know? but that raises the question. If what you had when it was originally recorded was analog, well, obviously that's going to be what you start with. But what if it was digital? And for the last considerable period of time, pretty much everything recorded is going to originate on digital, yeah, you're talking, one format or another. You're talking nearly 40 years. Yeah, so... 40 years. So what, you don't use it? What do you do? Do you, do <laughs> you, you re-record it? You never, you never it, put yeah. that to vinyl in a good way or, you know, or, or a different way right. or a better way or whatever? I mean, yeah, so... I mean, you've seen that now, though, a lot. You're seeing older albums being repressed. Right. You know, my CDC comes to mind. I've got the original albums mm -hmm. from the 80s, or I think it was early 80s, but now you can get them back in black, but it's been pressed recently right and i actually didn't buy one I yeah right. tell you if it sounds better that, or worse it, yeah this thing, it is i <laughs> am know? kind of interested in that yeah. though to see because if you have the original you need to compare experience it. has shown that it's probably going to be worse right. because i'm thinking you know that probably the same amount of care isn't being put into a reissue or mm -hmm. whatever they call it you know versus the original one but i don't know i don't know i can't say either that's way that's an interesting one because it seems practical that it would you sh should be able to make a re-release of something like that today better than it was. Right? If you wanted to. You if you really that, yeah. cared, you would think it would be very possible. However, it almost never happens. Yeah. So I wonder if that's part of the equation. I wonder if they sort of misled people into thinking that what they were doing was more significant than what they were, that they were effectively re-recording this. Well, that, brings, in an analog that brings up another point is that what we're talking about, the ultimate we're talking about is subjective. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, you know, it's in the eyes of the beholder. Now, if you weren't my age and you didn't have the original ACDC album, right. and you never used it before back when it came out like I did on a turntable and speakers of that vintage in that day, which basically is kind of what everyone used then, right, so to speak, without unless you're like, crazy baller which even yeah. high-end i mean there was high-end audio but not to what the level is today my point is if you're playing that album on a close and play record player right, right. does it even matter at that point well, you know i mean so so now you gotta think about okay so now what are you playing it on well that's a huge variable you know they got usb turntables for a few hundred dollars mm -hmm. nowadays and you know I mean, so I would imagine the majority of people are playing albums like that on fifty to a hundred dollar turntables. Yeah, a lot of times with like built-in speakers or things like that, and they're, oh, they're yeah. not stellar. Yeah, yeah. You were just in a hotel that they had a turntable in the room. Huh? Oh yeah, I'd never seen that Blew before. Blew my mind. Yeah, right. and now they had albums that I yeah. kind of thought it was cool. They had well, uh, nobody's like bringing albums with them to yeah. their hotel, so I guess they have to have something there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in Cape Cod, and if we're gonna go walk into the room, and there's a turntable there with built-in speakers, which is a right. mm -hmm. shitty sounding turntable. <laughs> it did, it did maybe, I don't know. I'd say. Three to four hundred hertz, it did well. Oh. <laughs> it was uh -huh. like like the old phone receivers, you right, know. It did right. voice real well, but everything else sucked out of it. <laughs> right. But you know, but hey, it played. Right. You know, and it, it wasn't something they were worried about if someone ruined it. The kid took the freaking needle. You know what I mean? It was, yeah, it does seem kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, in a room. It's in a hotel room. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it had a clear cover. But yeah, there was like four albums sitting there. You know, Harry, Harry Belafonte. Mm. Who puts Harry Belafonte in a room? You know, and when I so yeah, I had to play. I thought it was the coolest thing. Mm. But 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 you know, that being said. 
it was a horrible playback. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus. I could, well, I those little wanted, speakers built in. Well, yeah, 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 right in the face of it, like facing up mm. to the ceiling, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I wish I had some speakers here, you yeah. know. But but the thing is, like you said, there's probably most people, that's what they're playing it on is something like that. So in the end, I think when you talk about the masses who are probably the ones buying most of these albums, right, it wouldn't matter anyway. It wouldn't matter what the source was. Right. It wouldn't matter that it's vinyl or whatever. It's more of a novelty. Yeah, right. But, I mean, because that's the thing. The people that are, let's say, buying Back in Black now new, they don't have the original probably. They've never heard the original on vinyl. So. Yeah, and they probably don't have a turntable that would do it justice anyway. Probably not. And that's the key point, right? Kind of. I mean, you're not you're not playing it back on like some of the audio files. I mean, you could spend a hundred grand on a system to do mm-hmm. it. E- easy, you know? <laughs> you know. And by all means, they're extracting everything out of the groove on the record. They can hear everything. It, it sounds. I've heard really, really good vinyl systems, you know, in the past with shows and guys like you know, guys make these air bearing turntables. I mean, you're talking about a separate box just to produce compressed air to. To raise the lot, the turntable so it floats on air like a, you know the old hockey game, the mm. air hockey game. Oh, they have like vacuum platters and everything. Yeah, the, actually, air. Yeah, air would uh, they to put tiny, tiny little holes through the bottom, and you turn the compressor on, and it pushes just tiny amounts of air through these little holes, just enough to raise the platter. Now the platter is sitting over air, and it's just a tiny point pin in the middle holding the damn thing from falling off. So there's very almost no friction, and once you get that air bearing spinning, it just it'll go for days. Like it does, there's nothing to slow well, it's it like down. It's like really heavy, you know. And then they belt drive it. But yeah, but the point is, it's, I mean, these mechanical things that these guys come up with turntables are just unbelievable. Some of them, you see some of the German-made turntables. Mm. But the point is, yeah, you're running something like that. Now all of a sudden, all of this matters. Now, you're, I mean, you're not, you're probably not buying reissues. You're, you're buying, you're looking for crazy good mint original pressings. Yeah, and then that gets expensive. Yeah. You pretty much go by price. That's like, which one's the most sought after? Well, it's the one that's five hundred dollars because yeah, everybody right. wants it. That's true. They've gone up a lot. It's expensive. expensive. Yeah, there's not too many of them. Yeah. Inflation hit the used market on albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're getting scarcer because people are buying them up. The younger generation's buying it up. Oh, no. Does it matter if the source file is digital or tape or? Even an original album being played back and pressed, the new album, which is a lot of, you know, there are actually, I don't know if people realize this, but there are uh, mediators in between this. There are companies that take the original format and put it, do a, they have excellent gear, top shelf. We're talking, I mean, these tape, like if you had the original was tape, I I don't know what the new price is on these tape decks, but you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, right, to have a, a studio grade, you know, Real to real, it's expensive toys. That, that those things ain't just laying around somewhere. Well, it's a pretty limited market at this point, you know. <laughs> and sa- yeah, and same with digital. If you're going to record the high res uh, PCM or DSD, I mean, you know, you're going to have some expensive toys in the rack of gear there. It's not going to be like these small studios, you know. We see they got like you know old mixers from the '70s and they're running tubes. This is some serious shit. You're talking twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar ads, DAs, you know. Anyway, I mean, we know like Bruce at Puget Studios, he does this stuff. And he's got to have a million dollars worth of crap. He's got easy. Who knows yeah. what he's got now, but I'm yeah. just saying, you know, I mean, but, but, and he's always upgrading and he's keeping up. But the point is, is he'll take, he's probably got four or five reel to reels just lined up. And he'll take the original master tape and put it to, I guess he's running DSD 256 now. And like, that's where it's going. That's that's the digital file that the studios are now using from the original 
master tape that was properly stored from the 60s and 70s, they're going to DSD-256. And I'll be damned if you could hear a difference between DSD-256 and any other form. It's like, you know, it's, that's a high resolution. Well, it was specifically made for that, though. DSD yeah. was designed to be like archival quality. Yeah. At DSD 64 rate, yeah. it was. That was the original rate. This is, I don't know if I'm, I'm assuming it scales linearly, but I'm not sure. But 256 yeah, it's just is a data a, rate. Yeah. yeah. It's a way, I mean, you're talking, that's a high data rate, you know. But it raises the question does the process matter? And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but it kind of sort of is up to the consumer, I guess, in this front because. It's easy for a enthusiast to fall into the trap of worrying about the process. And in fact, that happens more often than not. You worry about what hardware you're using. You like a particular piece of gear because of some design methodology or the way it looks or the way it functions, not necessarily the actual end result. And more often than not, standard consumers, what they care about is the end result. They care about when they fill their car up with gas, it drives for this distance. They don't care about the gas, right? And it's like that in a lot of regards. So does it matter to a consumer that it may have been mastered in a different format than it was actually pressed on on the vinyl? Does it matter that it was a digital format? Does it matter at all what format they used in the intermediary steps? I don't think they'd be able to tell the difference. Yeah, <laughs> but it's beyond being able to tell the difference. Does it matter even if you yeah, can't yeah. tell the difference? Well, I guess if you had an audiophile setup like we were talking about, yeah. where you spend you know all this money on a turntable, and that's what you're doing, is right. extracting everything out the groove, those guys could probably tell the difference. But between what and what, I'm not sure. Like the difference between what? You don't even know. Well, you don't know if it's better yeah. or worse. You can know it's different. Yeah. I would believe that in most cases. Unless you have the original pressing, which was vinyl, but then you don't have the original tape, so you don't even know how that was done. Well, it also could be that you just vinyl. you prefer the original because you've been listening to the original for 60 years, right? Well, that, yeah. <laughs> you don't like how it's changed. Well, that's right? true. Yeah. Well, that could be a problem. I mean, well, it you, might not even be sound. Well, right? A lot of guys, I mean, the high end of things, they've tuned their system around that sound. You think about it, they've chosen their cartridges yeah. to play that type of record or that right. vintage, the speakers, everything. Everything's been the phono stage, the phono amplification. It's all been tuned around what they like to listen to. And I mean, just the cartridges alone on these turntables, very wildly. And you could get, you know, $50 cartridges, you can get $50,000 cartridges. But that ensures an intrinsic bias because now you're setting up for what it used to be. And maybe what it is now could be better for a more modern system True. or a more modern listener. And, um, it could be, you don't like it because it's different and not because it's worse. That's true. And that's common enough, but <laughs> how do you really tell, right? That that's a very difficult thing to gauge. Well, yeah. Cause now we're at the subjective. It's like telling somebody, you know, well, that five guys hamburgers are shit. Well, I don't know. I like maybe, maybe not. Right? I think their fries are great. Oh. <laughs> Actually, I have heard a guy one time say he hates Five Guys fries. Oh, oh really? I'm like, oh my god. Well, but what yeah. does what does he like? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So to see, there's there's a subjective part of it that's really, uh, you know, really more of an issue than anything. And and you know that's it, that, that's the bottom line is that you either buy these new albums or you don't. Like I I prefer to go and get find as minty as possible of the original albums. That's mm -hmm. what I prefer to do. You know, yeah. because I, because that's when it was made. That's when it was made. Nobody touched it since then. Yeah, they're usually dirty, though. That's the problem. Yeah, like, yeah. even the cleanest examples, you know, they've been sitting in a you got to get that ultrasonic cleaner yeah. for it. Because that's yeah. the nice thing. I pl played a new, brand new album the other day, and it's like, oh, 
it's like almost like CD, you know, so quiet. Well, even if you talk to like uh, uh, the old school guys about new vinyl, they even like to clean that because they right. said that there's oils that yeah, get in there agent. from the pressing that yeah. aren't totally removed. And the, you can actually, even a new album can sound better if it's properly cleaned. But anyway, back on topic. So yeah, I'm you know I'm not I'm at a loss here because I understand that because you're changing formats to analog, what's the I can't like in my head I'm thinking it's like it's like I remember uh, when we heard we heard um, DSD put to tape, so the original file was DSD probably 128 which was taken off a master tape it was a copy of a master. This is from working with studios. This we're going back years ago. Mm-hmm. They had the original analog tape from, let's say, from 1970, okay? Analog tape, jazz. Let's say it was jazz yep. on this tape. It was properly converted to DSD-128 through a very, very nice high-end pro reel-to-reel. We're talking. They're, they're big. Yep. They're, they stand on their own oh. stand they have meters and knobs and right it's a pro unit right anyway take that clean as can off the tape to dsd 128 which is considered an archival storage for that sony created years ago like you said right so now you got this in digital now you can do anything you want with it right? you can go anywhere it could travel you could send it as a file the tape the tape can be put back in storage because mm-hmm. the tape can't travel the, the tape's out of the they keep it under you know temperature and humidity control otherwise it would be falling apart the tape particles fall off, the tape's shot. Mm-hmm. So these tapes come out of the cave just long enough to put the digital so that now they can be utilized. That's how the system works nowadays. That's how it's been working for years. And that's why we're hearing now when we get when you go to and you hear some of these whatever it is, live concerts or stuff that went on years ago, right? The reason that we're able to hear it today through the likes of the streaming service and stuff is because at some point someone paid to take the analog, <laughs> whether it was film or vinyl, or tape, sorry, or even vinyls used, yep. and put it to digital, so that now you got a high-res format, now you could dumb that down and do whatever you want with it. And to me, you know, taking that, nowadays they're running DSD-256 is what I hear. So, you know, they're, they're, they're taking the, whatever the analog, the original analog is, put it to DSD-256, which is just like, if you played both of them back side by side, the DSD file on a high end, on a really high end DAC, D to A conversion, right, versus the vinyl, the tape, the original tape, you can't tell the difference on the on the same system. Well, they're that, like, that should be the case. That right? digital <laughs> copy is freaking identical to the yeah. damn original. In fact, it's it's probably better with the original because now it can travel. Well, that's the thing. All, all yeah, in analog, all bets are off. Anything can affect it. But yeah, once it's digital, set in stone. Now, you know, yeah. how many playbacks can you get before you can start? noticing audible degradation on anything a, a record a tape well, yeah because right. it's not infinite every play right. is aware right yeah so that's an issue yeah right and, and the analog can't take advantages with the tapes can't there. Travel. yeah plus it's a lot easier to play back um, a file than needing a you know reel to reel everybody needing it yeah. yeah well that's the thing like you nobody would have that and that's kind of and that's kind of the same deal when i see it converted to album they're taking whatever the original is and let's say some special place that does this, like I said, some of these studios, that's all they do is they take the original tapes, they're very careful with it, they know how to set it up properly on the reel-to-reel so that it sounds its best, taken off the tape, they listen to it, they subjectively understand the variables, changing the head azimuth or whatever, you know, like reel-to-reels, I mean, if the tape was recorded on one deck, 
50 years ago, six, seven years ago. Now you're playing with another deck, you gotta adjust the deck's head to match whatever their head adjust was made back then. So anyway, there's a lot of care that goes into convergence. It's not just like, people, I don't think people understand the process, right? Right. right. That, we could do a whole other video on yeah. that, but there's a process. But I think people don't really care about the process because of them it doesn't matter. And so then, in that regard, does it matter at all what format's used in the intermediary step? Does it really make a difference to people? Well, that's the thing, you know, that's what I can't figure out. That's where I'm, when I hear this, I'm like, so let me get this straight. There's a problem putting this to vinyl because the source was digital? I'm thinking, well, if it's a high-res digital file, so what? That's way better than what you're putting it to, if you ask me. <laughs> you know, you're putting it to a, a piece of vinyl that's just stamped yeah, out. Yeah, but you know? you're paying attention to the result. You right. want a better result. Right. What if you don't care about the result? What if you care about the process? True. Yeah. Right. Well, you don't That's care at all, and you just throw it on a close and play. And well, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I don't yeah, know if anyone yeah. knows what a close and play is, but no. garbage. <laughs> they used mm -hmm. to have turntables that look folded up into a suitcase they still make when them. I was a kid. Do they? Yeah. 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 They were cool mm. until you. I one time I made a mistake and I closed it while there was an album in it. Mm. I couldn't open it without breaking the album. Oh. That was a bad idea. Yeah. I don't know how it happened. Probably because huh. I was a kid. Yeah. The uh, the album hung over the edge of the close and play. Yeah. When you close it, it kind of really like flexed and jammed it into the case. <laughs> so you're getting it out, and it was like, I was like, bending. That's anyway, interesting. Anyway, mm -hmm. I never close a closing plate with mm. a 33 on it. That does bring up, uh, <laughs> there had to be a lot of damaged turntables and back in the day with kids. Oh, huh? yeah. There's <laughs> no doubt. Well, that's why they gave his kids these closing plates. Right. But, but, you know, but I mean, even like listening to that thing in the hotel room that we were talking about earlier, it pretty much sounded like to me like a closing play. It was the same damn sound. It was just right. very basic. <laughs> you know, might as well have one mono speaker in there because that's about what it sounded like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in the end, you know, I don't know. You know, people are going to figure this out for themselves. But I thought it was an interesting topic hmm. to talk yeah, about. Talked about it for, it seems like a long time. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, I mean, maybe it matters to you. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Let us know in your comments. Mm. Please subscribe to us. We're still shooting for 20000 by the end of the oh, year. Yeah. And September 1st is right now. Oh, second, third. Yeah, it's, it's not the beginning of summer, so we got much time. Mm -hmm. You got to get on it. Yeah. Thumbs us up at least. Hit the, hit the like, like, like. Thank you, everybody. Take care.